Welcome to episode seven of the Hockey Locker podcast. I'm your host, The Flash. Uh, episode seven uh, has been a long time coming. I, I apologize to everybody out there. Um, sorry for such a long delay. Uh, I will explain in this episode in a little more detail uh, why I was off for so long. I was nursing a bit of an injury. Um, so my bad, but you know, the timing was okay. It was probably just like for me, it was sort of towards the end of the summer season. Everybody uh, probably had a little break and getting ready to to gear up for the uh, the winter season. So glad to be back and glad to bring you another episode. Uh, in this episode, we've got some uh, gear news to cover, um, uh, and uh, I want to talk uh, coincidentally in depth about um, uh, how to deal with an injury uh, and getting over an injury uh, as a hockey player, um, and some thoughts on that. So. Let's go into uh, talking about some some gear news uh, from the past couple of weeks. Um, the uh, biggest, I, I would say, uh, release uh, on the market is the uh, Bauer MX3 stick. Um, just hit the market, so fans of the Supreme line, I'm sure we're excited to get their hands on this. Maybe not excited to pay the retail price. Uh, <laughs> this uh, notice that uh, this one debuted at a whopping $269 uh, in the U.S. as a retail price. We, wow, with every new stick release, it seems like the <laughs> the uh, the um, manufacturers are, are bumping up that that price, but people are, are paying it, so why not? Um, and they're making the sticks better, so maybe they're worth a little more. Um, so it seems like the big upgrade in terms of technology uh, in this stick is the, uh, the blade sense layer which has actually been part of Bauer sticks, uh, I think since the Apex 2. Uh, it's now in the MX3 stick. Um, the interesting thing I was reading is that I guess they're saying that this layer is now, rather than being put on as an extra layer on top of the blade, it is uh, integrated into the base layer uh, of the blade, the base construction. So that's one less layer of material on the blade and so less weight. Uh, and so the idea behind that layer is it's supposed to give it sort of more of a dampened um, kind of a feel, um, uh, uh, than, uh, than without that. So, uh, so, uh, I don't know. I, I don't use the, um, Supreme stick much. I've tried it a few times. Um, and, uh, um, I mean, I've, I've liked it when I've used it, so I'm not sure. I, I haven't noticed any big change in the stick since the 195. Um, but that's not a bad thing. I mean, it, it, it definitely, um, uh, is a great stick. So, um, but anyway, so, uh, it's still a, an amplified mid kick. Um, they really haven't changed any of that. Um, it's now, you know, the full one piece construction, which I think they started in the, in the, in the total one NXG. Uh, the graphics look really cool. Um, uh, I like it. I mean, I do kind of wish they would dial it back a little bit. Um, they're getting a lot of like the, the yellow, uh, and white. Uh, I kind of liked it a little bit more when it was either in the total one or, or the 195 where it was like the predominant colors were black and white. And then there was like a little bit of accent, um, you know, here and there. Um, but I mean, I think Bauer's doing a, a good job of having three distinguished lines, uh, you know, with the vapor and the Supreme and the Nexus. And so, you know, the vapors, a lot of red and white, and the, you know, it's more, uh, you know, they're going with sort of the black and yellow for the Supreme and then the full blackout are now really like, I guess, black with blue incorporated or dark gray with blue incorporated in the Nexus line. So, I mean, that's, that's definitely 
uh, I think, part of the equation um, for Bauer. And, and also they're doing a really good job of, frankly, having three very distinct lines in terms of how each stick um, uh, feels and performs, um, you know, and for, for three very different um, types of shot mechanics. So, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're continuing on and, and hopefully uh, they'll keep putting out good products. But I, I'm definitely be curious if anyone's had a chance to try uh, the MX-3 stick and what they think of it. Um, the other release, and I guess this is for pre-order now, from Bauer that I, I kind of saw uh, out there is the um, MX-3 skates. They came out with a limited edition um, model, which I wanted to, to mention here because I think they look awesome. Um, totally blacked out boot. Um, same skate as the MX-3. Um, not, as far as I can tell, at least, nothing nothing different there. But the full blackout boot with that nice white um, uh, holder, uh, man, those, those look cool. Um, uh, would have been cool if they went with black runners too. Um, but I don't know, I don't know if they're making uh, black steel yet for the, uh, for the light speed edge holder. Um, but that would be, that'd be really awesome looking. Um, I mean, I'm kind of, it makes me kind of curious about the sales of LE skates, you know, limited edition skates over the years. I mean, they keep coming out with them. Um, uh, you know, Bauer certainly does. I mean, I think the other, other brands come out with, um, you know, various versions here and there, uh, you know, Reebok, um, uh, you know, Reebok has, has had white versions of their top end skates a few times and things like that, but I wish there were enough. Like I, I wish there were more options. Um, there's, I mean, white skates I think are super cool. I mean, I wish there were, there were, there were more options there. Um, it makes me kind of nostalgic for, I, I had the white Nike, I guess they were the Zoom, Zoom Air. I don't remember what they were called. I got to look those up. Those those old skates uh, when I played in high school, I had those. Um, maybe I need to do, I'd love to do like a full segment and just kind of go back and, and think about some of the sort of nostalgic gear um, from the past like uh, uh, th- that I'd love to. I'm sure if you got it now and tried to skate, you know, in those skates, they probably feel like cinder blocks, but uh, I mean, they're real cool. So anyway, I don't know, maybe, 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 um, the manufacturers will start stepping up with that soon, and that'd be great. Um, but the MX3 LE skates are out on October 17th, and it looks like you can pre-order those online. Um, so check them out and let me know what you think. Um, finally, uh, sort of a more of business news, um, but in the hockey gear world, um, this sort of happened relatively quietly. Um, but Easton, uh, ho- Easton's hockey division was bought out by an investment group um, and is now uh, a, a separate corporation, Easton Hockey Incorporated. Um, and uh, I was taking a look at their press release. Uh, they talked about uh, their the new CEO of Easton Hockey is Mary George, who is the former CEO of Bell Sports. Um, and I find that kind of interesting because I, I know that we've heard about sort of prior integration of Bell's bike helmet technology into um uh, I think we first sort of heard about it with the Z, uh, uh, the S19, the Z Shock helmet. Uh, but it'll be really interesting to see uh, what, if any, uh, further incorporation um, of the bike helmet tech, uh, you know, comes into hockey. Uh, so we'll sort of be interested to to watch out for for that. Easton, in my opinion, um, is I don't know. It's kind of a company in limbo right now. I mean, I think they have a real, um, following, 
they had a real following. I mean, cer- certainly that, you know, they, they started the whole, um, uh, one piece stick or, or, um, composite stick category. Uh, and there are a lot of guys that are still very, very loyal to Easton, um, am- professionals and amateur players alike. Um, very Easton to very Easton, very, <laughs> very loyal to that brand, um, to Easton, at least when it comes to sticks. Um, you know, you don't seem to see them being a leader, um, at, at the moment in any other real category, uh, in gloves and helmets. Um, and certainly not in skates, despite the fact that they, um, have probably what I would say is, are consistently the most interesting new releases. Um, but they, you know, in helmets, you know, they, they, they came out with that, that Z shock and really just changed everyone's expectations about, uh, helmet weight. Uh, you know, they, they have the, the Mako skates, which have been getting a lot of, uh, attention. I think they bought up, oh, I should have looked this up. I, I could have sworn that they integrated, uh, they bought up, uh, the MLX skate company and, and integrated some of their tech, um, into their new skate. So they're, they're trying to be innovative. They just don't seem in my observation to have really gotten a foothold, um, and, uh, really fought, uh, uh really, um, gained a, lo- a lot of ground on Bauer and, you know, even CCM Reebok, um, recently. So with this new change, uh, looks like they're shaking things up, new, new CEO, new, um, new, uh, uh, organization, uh, and we'll see what they bring, uh, over the next couple of years. I'm, I'm kind of excited to see that. So let me know what you think about, um, any of this news, anything else that you've, uh, you've come across, um, that's out there. You could reach me on the Twitter account. It's at hockey underscore locker, uh, follow that account, or you can email me. The address is hockey locker podcast, all one word at gmail.com. So I'm going to roll right into the uh, next segment. Um, maybe I'm just lazy and I don't want to do much editing for <laughs> for this episode. So apologize for that, but I want to make sure I get this out to you guys. Um, I, I want to talk about um, what has uh, has kept me from recording uh, for the last couple of weeks. Um, I unfortunately had a little hockey injury that I was dealing with. Um, no big deal in the grand scheme of things. Um, I, uh, I tore, uh, the meniscus, uh, in one of my knees. Um, and, um, this is something that you can do and, and walk around with, um, and it's no problem. But, um, as it turns out, uh, as I was playing, um, I, uh, twisted it funny and, uh, I popped the, um, material, the, the, the meniscus material, um, sort of pop forward. It's hard to explain, but you can kind of see it. Uh, it's interesting to see the, the pictures they were able to give me, but it kind of popped forward and it locked my knee, um, in the bent position. So I could not straighten out. Um, it was pretty painful. Um, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it hurt pretty bad. Um, I've had the injury happen a couple of times before not realizing what it was. Um, and the tissue has always popped back into place and I've been able to straighten it out and then it feels fine, you know, an hour or two later. Uh, but this time it did not, it locked up, uh, it was locked up overnight. I went to see the doctor the, the next morning. He sort of, uh, the ortho immediately knew what it was. He was trying to get it to pop back in place. Um, so I could straighten out, um, and, uh, and sort of deal with it, you know, whenever it was convenient, but he could not. Um, and so because it was, uh, uh, sort of a debilitating, um, uh, 
uh, situation there. Uh, he sent me right for the MRI and scheduled surgery. Uh, I just had it a couple of days later. Um, so, uh, the good news is, is that it's a, it's a pretty easy surgery. It is the, the arthroscopic procedure. They just go in there with the, the scope and the snippers or whatever, and they cut out the tissue that's causing the problem. Uh, and that's it. And then it's two little, two little incisions, like one or two stitches on each side. Um, and that's it. Um, and you're knocked out, um, because I guess when you're under, they're kind of twisting your leg around, spraining your, your ligaments and stuff to get at the, um, to get at the site where they need to do the work. And so it can freak people out and, and whatever. So anyway, uh, I had the surgery, uh, oh, it's been about three weeks now. Um, two weeks maybe. Um, you know, it was not pleasant. Um, <laughs> uh, for a day or two afterward, uh, it was, it was pretty painful, but, um, you know, right after that, uh, I was on crutches for maybe two days. Uh, I walked around with a crutch on one side, um, for maybe another two days after that. And then, uh, I was putting weight on it. So it was really the, um, the least bad, um, knee problem that, uh, you could have, it wasn't anything like, uh, you know, tearing the MCL or the ACL or, or any of those. Uh, so I got really lucky. So, um, I only have about, I'm, I'm already back, uh, um, doing some sort of self-guided, um, uh, physical therapy, uh, back in the gym. Uh, my doctor is letting me do my own thing, uh, and, uh, probably be back on the ice in another three or four weeks. So all in all, uh, it's not so bad. I did miss playoffs for summer. Uh, my team won the championship, uh, for summer. At least I got to go watch. Um, so that was cool. Um, and I'll probably miss a few games, uh, coming into the winter season, but all in all could have been way worse. Um, but you know, it certainly got me, uh, it's the first time I've had a major injury that's taken me off the ice for a significant period of time. I had my appendix out a couple of years ago, uh, but it came during a break in hockey and, and it really didn't impact, uh, impact me that much. Um, you know, but this, so this is the first time that I've really been out of the gym off the ice for a significant period of time. Um, and so, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about how to deal with, um, that's sort of a, sort of a, uh, an injury and, and, um, you know, what you can do, what you should do, um, uh, during that time. So a couple of thoughts that I, that I've had while I've been dealing with this. So first things first, I think any, no matter, of course, no matter what, no matter what injury it is, the number one thing is you, you have to listen to your doctor. The bottom line is you do not want to do anything that's going to make this worse than it already is. You, you're already, um, going to miss, you know, certain amount of time in the gym, certain amount of time on the ice. There's nothing you can do about that. The only thing you can do by trying to take, uh, uh, action, uh, is make it worse. Uh, and you don't want to make it worse. You want to do everything that you're supposed to do, um, to heal up on time. Um, and none of the things that, that would cause, uh, you to take longer to get back. Um, and then on top of that, it's not just about hockey or your sport or, or whatever. Um, you know, you don't want to do anything that's going to impact your daily life. Uh, you know, beyond that, if, if you're, if you, it's bad enough, if you're, you can't walk around because you have a hockey injury and, and you aren't going to be back on the ice for a month or two months, but, but do you want to not be able to walk around and pick up your kids, you know, or do errands or, or anything like that. I mean, that would be so much worse. So the bottom line is you, you've got to, um, follow the instructions and you got to take it easy on yourself. I mean, I think that 
what that leads into is my next sort of thought is you've got to identify what you can do and what you can't do because, you know, except for certain injuries, you know, it's not as if you can do nothing. There, there are things that you can still do. Um, I'm talking about, you know, physical activities or, or, um, or other activities that you can do during your time off the ice or during your time on the injured list. Um, and you got to talk to your doctor about what those limits are. You know, if I have a lower body injury, what can I be doing with my upper body? If I have an upper body injury, vice versa, what can I be doing with the lower body? Um, you know, uh, uh, I, I think that's, that's really key. And, and once you do that, I suggest you identify something that you want to accomplish by the time you get back to your sport or to training or whatever. I mean, use the time, think of the time as an opportunity to focus on something um, that you can do, uh, that you can improve on. So maybe it's not physical. Maybe it's you're going to improve your strategic game or your, your tactical um, training. Um, you're going to spend time watching a bunch of videos on the internet, um, you know, learning about positioning, you know, if we're talking about hockey, look at shot mechanics, look at, look at, look at whatever you can watch professional hockey with a purpose. Um, you know, uh, um, something like that, you know, if you have a lower body injury, maybe you can work on stick handling. If you have an upper body injury, maybe you'll be allowed to skate. You just won't be allowed to, to, to pick up a stick, uh, you know, or vice versa. Um, you have to, you know, work within your limits, but you can definitely identify something, uh, that you can work on, uh, and keep your mind focused on that. Uh, you know, as far as diet goes, you know, it, it depends on how you, um, what your goals are and what, what you're, what you were trying to do at the time you got injured. I mean, basically while, while you're injured, this is the time to switch to a maintenance diet. Um, I don't think that this is the time to be either bulking, uh, you know, trying to, trying to eat a, a caloric surplus and trying to gain muscle or gain weight, or a, certainly not a time to cut, um, and lose weight. I mean, you need, you need to adjust to your, your body is healing whatever this injury is. It needs to be fed good, nutritious food and enough, um, nutrition. Um, so I suggest you switch to a maintenance level and just leave it at that and, and keep it really simple. Um, you know, I think that from a sort of mental, emotional standpoint, I mean, the bottom line is you, you, you don't want to let being injured sort of take over your whole life. I mean, you, whatever the injury, um, you know, it's not, the end of the world. Um, you know, and, 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 and if it's keeping you from playing hockey, you know, you, you, we love this game, all everybody who who's listening to this and myself, of course, love hockey, but it, it is just a game. Um, and you know, if, uh, you know, in the worst case scenario, it's something that totally prevents you from ever skating again in your life, you will find something else, you know, that will, uh, that will fill that, that need in your life. Um, and, and hockey can always be part of your life in one way or another. Um, there's always a way to get back, um, some of that, uh, you know, I mean, one of the hardest things I think for me, um, with this injury is, you know, I've basically been told, you know, running is no good. Um, you know, I, that, that's sort of my, my other than, than hockey running is sort of my biggest, um, activity that I in, enjoy as far as physical activities go. Um, you know, and the doctor says it's just too high impact to, to be doing that, um, on, a, on a regular basis. Uh, so he really wants me to be focused on lower impact or no impact exercises. And, you know, I don't know what it is that I'm going to ultimately, hopefully, <laughs> um, like I've been trying all kinds of other, 
um, activities, uh, you know, from biking, you know, basically in the gym, you know, lately trying stationary biking, swimming, um, you know, rowing, that sort of thing, uh, elliptical machine, you know, none of them are running, but, but, um, there's still activity, uh, um, and it's still an active movement. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's hopefully one of those will really catch on. Um, but you know, look at, look at the, look at this, these very severely injured guys who are paralyzed or have lost limbs. Um, you know, uh, look up, uh, um, USA warriors hockey. Um, you know, these guys that, uh, military guys that, that get hurt, um, and they're playing sled hockey. And if you ever, I, I, my local rink has a, has a, I guess it's a branch of the Warriors hockey program. Um, and to watch these guys play, I mean, they're incredible athletes, you know, playing, um, playing hockey. Uh, and, you know, they all came back from really what, what a lot of people would consider devastating injuries. Um, and so, uh, you know, use them, you know, as inspiration. I, I saw, I'm sure you guys saw it too. There's a big Paralympic uh, type event in the UK uh, over the last week. And I'm sorry, I don't, I don't, remember the name of the event, but, um, it's been covered on the news. Uh, you know, so athletes from all over the world find ways to come back from even the worst injuries, um, in one way or another. And, uh, all of us will be able to, to, and most of the time, hopefully we're talking about relatively minor injuries. So you put it in perspective, um, you know, like mine, uh, w- all this being said, I'll be back on the ice in a few weeks. Uh, most people that, that suffer an injury like this are back on the ice, um, uh, after not such a long time. So, uh, so it's all good. Um, you know, an injury is just really part of being an athlete. Um, you know, if you grew up uh, with athletics in your life, you know, in- injury was part of it. Uh, when we were younger, we recovered a lot quicker, uh, you know, so as adults, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, um, it-, it can be a little bit tougher to come back. But, you know, I mean, it's it's like that, that kind of cliche thing where, you know, people will say like, anyone can be a father, but it takes someone special to be a dad. I mean, it's kind of like that. A- anybody can get hurt and heal. Um, but you have to be a dedicated athlete um, you know, to come back from the injury and come back stronger and use the time effectively, um, and not let it just, you know, sort of spiral, um, uh, uh, and, and discourage you, you know, from coming back. So, um, I really want to hear from you. I'm curious if anybody, uh, has, uh, dealt with, uh, um, uh, an injury lately, uh, and what your experience was and what tips you have for other people that might be, um, uh, in the same boat. Uh, so let me know. Um, you can uh, reach me on the Twitter account. It's at uh, hockey underscore locker uh, on Twitter or email me at hockey locker podcast, all one word at gmail.com. All right. Well, that is it for episode seven. Uh, thank you guys for sticking around and being patient uh, for this episode to post. I promise it won't be nearly as much time in between uh, this one and the next. Uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, love to hear from you. Uh, always want to get your suggestions on what you'd like to hear about. Uh, I know we got a lot. Um, uh, we're going to have a lot of gear news and things to talk about as the uh, NHL season uh, spins up. Uh, over the next couple of weeks. So looking forward to that. Um, but as always, you can reach me on the Twitter account. It's at hockey underscore locker or email me at hockey locker podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, have a good one. <laughs>